on episode 21 of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about classic car insurance for the 21st century with Desiree Metro from OCC. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific technologies we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. All right, all right, all right, all right. Another week, another week, another week. Temperatures are getting hotter in Texas, I can tell you that. It's interesting times right now. Some places are getting shut back down. <laughs> Cities are having panic. Oh my goodness, this is it's a it's an interesting time with the with the virus right now, but uh, tell you what, we're still here with you. Of course, we're uh, all broadcasting from our respective domiciles and uh, this time another international show. Of course, from the great nation of Texas, uh, I mean state Rob Galbraith, one of my fellow Texans. Rob, good to see you again. How you doing? Good morning, James. Good to see you. Yeah, because we've got uh, Desiree on, who I'll uh, let you introduce, but we are recording this in the early a.m. our time, which is the late afternoon over in Europe. And so, yeah, a little extra coffee this morning to get us up. Exactly. Got to get got to get rolling. You know, I, I swore off caffeine nine years ago all of it and haven't haven't really had a drop since used to tell you what i think they say it's like a sign you're adhd if you have caffeine and it makes you sleepy and that's what caffeine does to me it doesn't help me at all <laughs> so it has the inverse effect uh, down. Yeah. And, and so i i don't do any don't do any of that stuff no stimulants at all it's uh high on life high on life so with us now she's in uh, germany i believe uh, she's swiss and she's got a french name so She's just a European woman of mystery, Desiree Metro. Desiree, good to have you on the show. Where are you joining us from today? Thank you, James, and thank you, Rob. Thanks for the invitation, and good morning to Texas. Yes. I'm uh, currently I'm in, in, in Hamburg. Nice. Hamburg, Germany. So, not in, the, in the north of uh, Germany. So and the weather is nice. We have like uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so uh, everything is uh, quite good. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to hear that. And it's good to uh, good to have you on the show. We're going to talk about classic cars. We're going to talk about technology and talk about insurance. We're going to talk about how someone who's not a car nut is is running a, a company that specializes in serving car nuts and, and what that's all about with classic cars in Europe. There's there's all kind of interesting differences between the United States and Europe, of course, when it comes to vehicles and how they're taxed and how they're licensed and how they're insured. And so we'll talk about that a little bit too. We're going to have all kinds of fun chatting about that. Before we do, just a quick reminder, if you want more information on the InsureTech Geek podcast, you can go to insuretechgeek.com. That's insuretechgeek, I-N-S-U-R-E-T-E-C-H-G-E-E-K.com. You can sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and then we email you the show notes every week. Uh, along with the links to what we talk about. And it's uh, pretty useful. So we hope we'll check that out. And back to our guest. So Desiree, it's nice to have you on. It's always good to have some people from across the pond on the show so we can talk about um, 
you know, kind of the differences in the markets and the similarities in the markets there. Before we jump into talking about your company, and that's that's OCC, that's OCC.eu. You can check out their their website. They're a uh, specialized in insurance solutions for some some really awesome vehicles. Before we jump into that, I want to talk about you. I believe you're you're Swiss, but you've got a French name, and then you live in Germany. So let's give me give me the story of you. Where were you born and raised? What did you think you were going to do when you were growing up? And how did you wind up doing what you're doing now? I'm uh, 40 years old and I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in, in Switzerland. And uh, I'm mother of four years old twin girls. So I'm also challenged at home. It's not always the challenge at work. So that's uh, that's quite that's quite good because if you are if you if you're going home after a quite a busy day, so you have to relax and, and focus on the on the real problems of life and the real questions of life with, with my girls. And my, my, my past is like I, I'm. I'm <clears throat> Since over 20 years, I'm in the insurance industry and I'm really passionate about it because it's like um, I always have had this had this solution for me. It's a lot of people think, oh, it's boring and it, insurance it's only about regulation and stuff like that and I'm I'm, I'm quite not in the in, in in that direction so and and then I I, I was running at, at the big insurance company in Switzerland I was as a woman uh, really young and I, I I was was responsible for the whole car insurance insurance for the car insurance and I did this a couple of years and after that I I was um, known was connected with OCC because OCC is like they're they're already like uh, 36 years on, on the market and so that's quite a long time and, it, and I always say that was the first real intro tech not in the tech ways but in the in the in the innovation way because at that time run such a business model is is, is quite is is quite uh, quite something new. And then I was uh, at, at OCC. I, I did I did some um, some some stuff with the, I, it was like so the first wave of digital transformation. And then I went back to to Switzerland. I was running my own uh, startup. I was founded the Switzerland biggest um, sharing platform for campers. Then I did for a for whoa. A big, uh, All right. Pause. This is like a sharing economy play where you, if you had a camper, you could share it with other people. Yeah. That so that that's a pretty big deviation from being heavily involved in insurance. What what piqued your interest about the sharing economy around campers? The the, the, the insurance solution because I'm I'm really into this platforms and the economics of platforms and every platform you run every platform. There is some point you have to think about insurance, and I'm really deep into this in, in into this topic. I'm, I'm really interesting to do like new also new new policies, new new formats for for insurance solution for for for, for new interests. So that was the the thing that that dropped me in this whole my camper business thing and and and, and build the insurance uh, solution because i'm not a camper girl too i'm not a i'm not a car girl and i'm not a camping girl so it, did, it didn't start by having the twins and wanting to take them camping and they couldn't find a camper 
It didn't. No, it, it was like it, it was like I was having my twins, and I was sitting at home with the girls, and I was thinking, so I have to work again. I have to do something, and then so I have found someone. That we were, we were connected, so okay, let's do this. Let's do this campus sharing thing. So and and it was like a real as so a bootstrapped. So we built it just with the two of us. We, we built that with with our quasi with your, with our own money. And uh, parallel, I was doing for a, I, I was built an intertech company for a insurance uh, player in Switzerland, who was like built and founded a corporate venture into tech and 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 uh, i was built up this up uh, as a ceo so i was the first when they told me there is the garage here's the money so let's 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 uh, do digital uh, uh, let's build some digital business models for the in- industry insurance industry for tomorrow so i was uh, really deep into in, into that thing and then i was I was doing like some coaching and mentoring for startups, all, all about this this platform economy and in in this digital way because I'm really deep into this team and it's not I know I don't have a tech background but I'm really um, interesting in this in this whole user experience uh, in digital way insurance and and collect, uh, connect all this all this thing together. And I was all I'm always, I was always like in all this this business models that I was building and and, and the stuff that I have done, but it was always like so getting shit done and do it by yourself and learn. So I was always like my person was learn, build, measure, and so on and so on and and, and so so I'm also happy with this way because you have to do it by yourself and then you can talk about it. Yeah, and, and last year last year there was the possibility to to take over OCC in 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 the role as a CEO and make like the next the next big thing or the next digital transformation in all countries. And we have also like other firm companies. We, we, we're running a community club and, and stuff like that. And that was for me like the chance to to transform a, 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 a business model that's, that's highly running successful, but in an old way. And bring that with the whole this digital thing and and this startup mindset and and, and user centric mindset. Bring that in this company and and go and, and make the next step of growth. So that's why I'm sitting in Hamburg. Yeah, and you've been you've been in this role at OCC since July of 2019, I believe. Yeah. And, and just tell everybody what because for our for our American listeners, they're not, they're not going to be familiar with OCC. So why don't you tell everybody what? What OCC does, you provide insurance for classic cars? Yes. So we are like over uh, 36 years. We are a Germany player at the mar- at the market. We are the market leader now in Germany, in Switzerland, and in, in Austria for the insurance for classic cars. And, and classic cars, that's that, that's that's quite a, a big name because everyone is thinking about the classic cars. Okay, old timers, only something for rich people. It's only like these high-end cars, the Ferraris and the Coes and the Porsches. And that's not the fact because it's, it's also about this whole um, VW Beetle style. Uh, it's about cars that, that everyone knows. It's like childhood. You, you think sure. About it's like, like uh, the, like the Volkswagen camper vans, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean that, like that. Th- those aren't crazy expensive. They're really pop. They're really uh, in a resurging popularity. Of course, Jeeps, old Jeeps are very popular. Old Volkswagens are really popular. 
old Porsche 911s that are not that expensive are still really popular, but you still have to get insurance on these things. And uh, the, you know, your typical insurer, do you think they have a hard time understanding valuations of classic cars? Or where do you think that you can't just use a traditional mainline auto carrier to insure a classic car? Why, why is there a specialty niche for classic cars? I think um, it's the topic of the evaluation because that, that, that's the real specific, but it's only about the, the coverage because, I mean, you have a lot of people, they're, they're buying FRW Beetle because there's, that's a childhood dream. And then they go and renovate the, the car and they put a lot of money in. So the, 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 the valuation of the car, that's not an, another thing because you have this, this valuation of if the, the car the, the tomorrow is, is gone. So you, you don't have just like the market evaluation. You have, you have to have the evaluation of the Wiederherstellungswert of, the, of, of another uh, evaluation. And so you have to, to really think about that topic. And it's all uh, also about... A lot of these people, they want to talk with experts. They want to talk with people that really understand the, the needs for the security for these cars. And also, I mean, that's like a little bit the mainstream, the VW Beetle uh, stuff. And then we also do like premium cars. We do like um, super, super high-end cars. And we also are really uh, deep into the collectors. And there you have like people that are collecting cars. You have people that have like five Vespa bikes. But you also have people, they have, they have cars uh, for 50, 50 millions in their garage. So, so that's really, uh, you have to have this understanding of what the, need, the, the really need are the needs for the coverage. And so just your coverage is different. Your limits are different. Your value, you know, the valuation and understanding how to value these vehicles is really different. Because it's not, it's not nearly as simple as going to here in the United States, Kelly Blue Book or any of these things and just valuing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way because they, they go to Mecham auto, uh, auto auctions and they'll sell for five times what their book value theoretically could be because that year it's a popular, it's a popular car. And that you really, if you're a collector, you want to ensure these things for their market value because that's yeah. really the, the value to you if you collect and then sell them. It's, it's interesting. I have a very good friend who's, who's from high school who is uh, really into uh, Rolls-Royce vehicles and, and, you know, he's just fascinated with it and, and has a really old one that he loves, you know, and they're valued very differently. So I'm, I'm a pilot. I fly, I can tell you aviation insurance is very similar. I have a collector plane. It's my, my dad's plane that he bought in 1970, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it, you, you've got to find someone who understands how to value uh, a 50, a 50 year old machine and um, it's replacement cost and it's value and, how it works and the liability, because obviously you get metal fatigue, you get all kinds of things that happen to a machine when it's 50, 60, 100 years old. And it's it requires an understanding set of eyes and ears. Uh, before I toss it to Rob, just a quick understanding, roughly, if you can say this, how many policyholders and, and how much premium are you guys at? Like, what, what's the size of OCC? We have over, I can, I, I can tell you, so like we have over uh, 100,000 cars. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, over a hundred thousand cars. Solution and and um, I think another thing that's quite important about the coverage is also that uh, that we also do all risk 
policies. So, uh, I mean, that's also a, a, a topic of, of a coverage that's really important to a lot of customers. And you really have to understand what is always in reality if you have claims and stuff like that. So that's quite it, it, interesting. And I think it's, it's also important that we just do that. We, we do nothing else because we are the expert in, in, in classic cars. And that, that it's, it's also a trust thing for the customers. Absolutely. Rob? That's right. It's so great to have you on. So I, I'm really interested in this, you know, OCC is an established company. Like you said, you've been around, you know, over 30 years, going on, getting up to 40 years, and you have a very niche, uh, specialized marketplace. And it's very similar to Haggerty in the U.S. For those that are familiar with the American market, which is a great name that specializes in classic cars based in Traverse City, Michigan, actually. So, yeah, I'll have to go visit them sometime. But, you know, you are in a segment that a lot of folks and, and, and other specialized segments that a lot of folks say are going to be the last to digitize. You know, we've seen it on uh, the personal line side has really gone right to everyone wants to get their application online for their motor insurance, for their home insurance or renters, et cetera. Folks like Lemonade have expanded to Germany, right, and others. And then uh, we're seeing it in the small commercial space as well, starting to now get digitized. But the specialized, right, the large commercial, the London's brokers, under, or Lloyd's brokers, et cetera, those are the ones that I always hear are going to be the last because you need that, uh, that specialist, that human touch. So what motivated OCC to make this leap and, and to kind of you know, move forward into the 21st century when I think a lot of other companies in a similar position have decided to keep doing business as usual? I mean, it's like, it's like always... Um... Sure, known the 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 Kodak phenomenon. So it's like it's like similar, you know. I mean, if you don't do it, uh, then others will will do because the the, the changes happen. The, the society is changing. Everything is changed, and 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 things still going on. You have to go with the, with the move. And another thing that's quite interesting. I mean, it's always says so in that the classic car sector or the classic car niche. It's like so this old this old old men business and, and they don't are interesting in digitalization and all stuff like that and that's not true because i mean a lot of our customers they are quite a little bit older but now that the sons and the daughters are coming and they take over the cars and they're like they're in, in, in our age and they have other 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 responsibility also with this new team also with, with uh, insurance in digital way so and that's also what what we really feel with our customers so so everything is changing so you have to go this way yeah and um, something that i really can say it's uh, we have uh, make now that our b2c the direct occ business we do now for a specific kind of cars we do completely online and it works really well as the conversions rate are really Really fantastic because the, the, the needs are there so it's, it's proven yeah the the it, it's interesting if you are on instagram at all and you spend any time looking through feeds on instagram classic cars are definitely not the domain of old men anymore in fact you know the vast majority of photos i see because i love all things mechanical if it if it goes fast i like it 
whether it's a boat or it's an airplane, you know, I, I like to take boats out on the water. I like to go fly planes. I love to drive cars fast. And that, you know, if it's fast and it's got a big engine, I'm into it. Even if it's electric, even if it's electronic, I'm, I'm good with electric cars too. And when I go on Instagram and I, I look through pictures of classic cars, I mean, more than half of them are, are owned by, by people that are in their twenties and early thirties who have decided that, you know, like camper van conversions became really popular about eight to 10 years ago. And, and you started seeing a lot more camper van conversions where they're taking really old VW omnibus or, you know, some, and, and ripping out the insides and rehabbing them and turning it into a, to a real sleeper van. And, you know, then they started taking doing the same thing with the Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, and so it's, it's really become a much bigger thing. And then the other thing, the question that brings you on insurance is people are taking these older vehicles and they're living in them. And so now, now it's their house, which, which changes the dynamic of your insurance as well. If you're sleeping in this vehicle, that's a classic camper and it happens to be your primary residence. So let's, let's circle back on tech because you referenced Kodak and you said, look, I mean, it, and, I, and I've been to Rochester, New York. I've, you know, I've been to where Eastman Kodak was headquarters and, and, and they used to own that town and they definitely don't anymore. But people are still taking photos. And something I say often is, you know, disruption occurs to companies because industries persist. The car industry will persist. I mean, people will still be in cars. People will still take photos. People will still have insurance. They're just not going to do it with the companies they're doing it with right now necessarily. And and certainly I, as a consumer, I'm 40 as well. I was born in 1979. Uh, very, very good vintage year be born i hear in 79 you know it gets better with age there's a smell that fine bordeaux it's 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 interesting i'm making decisions on which brokers i'm 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 changing brokers right now and i'm I'm doing some some other stuff on my insurance and i'm making a lot of decisions based on the technology offerings that my carriers and brokers have it, it is it is now it used to be in a nice to have list it is now in a have to have list and so even for me as a consumer of insurance the technological capabilities of my carriers and my brokers has become a have to have. And I know I'm not the only person. So what have you done at OCC to deal with the fact that your customers are now saying technology is a have to have? What specific have you adopted specific policy and claims management software? Have you developed specific in-house proprietary technology? What have you done to deal with that? I mean, we have started with with um, I'm just in, inside the company with the mindset, with the right mindset to, to, to be uh, customer centric. So you have to have the, 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 the view on, on customer's eye. So that's, I mean, that's the first thing because in the past there was like a little bit of other views that were very into in, in, in their own world and, and outside there a lot of is, is going on. And we have done a whole new IT infrastructure, also the back end is completely new and also the, the whole front end technology and it's not the next IE machine learning whatever the technique but I mean it's quite uh, uh, important because we, we are not like on the on the green field and started tomorrow and a new tech uh, infrastructure zone because we have a big running business so we have to think about that we have that all have to go on and for us it's like 
quite important that we are like we are able to to use like the the, the rest RPE um, connections that we, that we have like the basics that's important today that you can go online that you can take widgets and build in every broker software uh, and that you can uh, do do all this stuff and and we are now able to do that and that's that if if you have seen where uh, OCC is coming from it's like a, a huge step and in, in my world or in my imagination I'm always like deep into one thing that that you use machine learning and and image processing that you can take your car your car plate and that you can take a photo the the, the data is coming out and you have like so this instant this instant quote and instant instant insurance thing so that's my vision for also for for this classic car thing where you have to go and also connect like the community with, with technology uh, because the data of the cars it's quite an uh, important thing yeah so you that's your hope and aspiration that's not where you're at right now you yeah. you hope to be able to streamline and automate the underwriting and binding process so that you can do it all from your app taking pictures and using yeah and 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 yeah. certainly claims is another big area that we've seen a, a bit of a revolution both in homeowners and in in auto with claims processing. I mean, it really, ideally, the ability to auto-adjudicate a significant percentage of claims and pay them out really quickly. Is that, where, where is claims on your radar? Not, 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 we are not at, at this stage of, of claim situation because if you have a classic car, there is, it's not, it's not the topic I want really fast my money because it's really, really a special thing. Yeah. Because every car is specialized. You have to, that's really, it's, it could be quite difficult. But sometimes you have to bring your car back to, uh, down to Italy. You have to go to Ferrari directly because you have to uh, to remodel something. So it's not it's not that easy. So I think in the claim section, it's the, the personal treatment. It will be still very, very important. So that's not on the highest topic list. Understood. Yeah. I mean, I can see the complications there. It's not like you can just use a exact value or MSB or use some simple replacement costs or, or you, know, you know, mechanics repair book costs when you've got a 50 year old classic car that parts have to be custom made for it's really independent also from the evaluation. I mean, you have five years ago, you have evaluation for 50,000, but now maybe it's 70,000. And But if the car is not in a good condition, it can be 40,000. So that's all things that that you have to, to challenge and to check and then and, and maybe at, at some point in the future, uh, also with, with technology, we can go this way. But that's yeah, yeah that's quite uh, something uh, complicated. But your first target is is underwriting and binding. So you you want to you want to get through quoting and binding much more quickly, so you can really focus your time and attention on the on the rest of the business. We have done uh, quite uh, quite a big step because we can do really fast in in, in this standard classic car thing so you can go through it and tack and you are insured. But in this section you have quite also like difficult things because you have so much in the individuality also in this car section. I mean you have this whole farmer cars, you know, 
how do you say farmer cars? So yeah. we have also a lot of customers with old Porsche tractors. And also that, that's not, not something that you can go and, and, and it, it's easy put in an online stream and tuck, tuck. So it's like you have to really to think about it. Makes sense, Rob. So just right, I, I uh, we talked about a little bit about the technology side. You talked about uh, the back end and, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, thinking about insurance as a platform, as an ecosystem. I love that. I love that thing, talking about using uh, APIs to connect and, and kind of uh, modernize, right? Your company, we're used to insurance companies really having silos of information and, you know, big core systems that can do a lot of fast uh, processing, but they don't necessarily integrate well with, with others and really making that a mental change. So I want to go beyond technology for a minute and talk about the human side of it. How did you get your team on board and, and kind of embracing change? What are the things did you have to do culturally at OCC to bring all of your employees kind of along on this journey? Because I know that can be sometimes as difficult as executing on the technology front itself. It's the, the, the constantly way of communication and transparent communication. So it's also like it's do what you say and say what you do. I think I, I, that's something of key. And there are a lot of people that are talking a lot and we have to, and, and I'm like always the thing. So you, you have to show it, you have to improve it. You have to be that role model. And I really improve myself also very critical uh, by myself and, and think about, okay, have I done that? And, and, and so that's, that's really, that's really my weight on the employee side. And also Think about the topic leadership. What what is leadership? What means leadership? It's there are all, all of, of, of big buzzwords also with digital leadership and everyone is like and so. But but you have to really think about the meaning of that. What 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 does it mean for you? And and I have uh, invested a lot of, of time in the new brand of OCC. Because, and, and that's not a thing that's only, oh, we have new colors and we have a new sign and, 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 and we have a lot of, a lot of another, a new images. So I have invested a lot of time of the core values of our brand and for, for what we stand and what we are. And I always take a lot of time to bring that in the, in the company and I'm not um, tired of communicate our core values. So that's something that's, I think it's really important. Yeah. Do you talk about that. what, what are, what are, when you say you talk about core values, do your employees memorize them? Do they, if you asked your employees what the core values are, would they be able to repeat it? Yes. Yeah. It's something I, I say with my, my staff, if you can't repeat it, you don't believe it. And so if they, if they can't repeat our five, and we, we don't do value words, we have value sentences, do the right thing. Even when no one's looking, be self-motivated and resourceful, show respect to everyone, be a JBK ambassador 24 seven, have each other's backs and enjoy the ride and geek out. And, and, you know, if they can't say that they're, they're done. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you don't believe it. You can't repeat it. Uh, we use it in hiring, firing. We use it in promotions. And I mean, we use it in every, we use it in every aspect of our business. It's really, really important because, you know, if you don't, if you don't understand the core tenants in, in particular, you know, in a business like yours, where you have to really at least appreciate your customer, appreciate, you know, you're, you're selling to a hundred thousand consumers who are, are very unique, right? I mean, the, the fact that they're, they're in they're collecting Porsche tractors makes them makes them different and unique, right? And 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 having having a, a customer service attitude and aligning with your values is is so so critical. That that really fascinates me. What's what's in the future? 
what 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 do you see what do you see next for auto insurance classic car i mean you know there's crazy things happening right now with auto insurance i mean you know just just in general here in the united states allstate announced they're going to lay off thousands of people yesterday or the day before they announced i mean literally thousands of layoffs as they enter into a very interesting price war with state farm and so in the mainline auto insurance business you're seeing discounts, rebates, a, a, a really, really, really strange market where the, the pricing is getting very, very competitive and they're slashing jobs. There's talk about auto insurance completely changing anyway because of the sharing economy and people not wanting to own cars. Futurists like Peter Diamandis are predicting that car ownership will be dead by 2026. I think that's uh, maybe in major metro areas. Uh, he doesn't know Texas very well. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> but I'll say that in Germany because Germany is a is a is a car. They're industry. car crazy. I mean, right? I mean, this is the. the yeah the the home the home of the autobahn right i mean you know but but still but still car ownership is down 10 percent in major metro areas where uber and lyft have been present it's down 10 percent in the last decade with people under the age of 35 so there's there's a record number of 16 year olds choosing not to get driver's licenses and to defer getting their license until they're in their late teens or early 20s there are some wild things at play right now in auto insurance. What's in the future in general and what's in the future for you and your company? I always think about that that all this this thing that happened, everyone is is talk about that this is really fast and 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 and, and if you if you go 10 years back, then uh, at this moment everyone should be driving electric cars. But the reality is not that everyone is driving electric cars, and the, the reality is, is is not that 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 there is only fifty percent of the cars. So, so the the change in in this specific area, I think it's not going on so fast. But but change is coming. So that that's that, that's a fact. I believe that in specific way of of. of car insurance and, and and the whole market i think this this drop in solution will be will be coming more and more i mean if that, that you have i you want to you want to have this all in solution you don't want to have okay have this car and then have to care about the insurance so that everything is getting more uh, together and also the whole as- aspect of mobility and mobility is sharing mobility is my own car it's my it's, it's also to, to take a bus to take the train everything is it, it will be glo- more globally and more connected together with the, with insurance solution on top so that's my, my personal belief but um, I, I'm not a believer of of in 10 years there is there is an, an no classic cars anymore and it's forbidden because of the, the, the climate the climate change and stuff like that i mean there are always will be people who can effort they have enough money to have uh, to have their their passion and 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 and, and the for their passion and there will will be also uh, also ready and, and able to pay extra money for the whole climate uh, situation so that will be also going on but things will will be changing in in the way of that it will be more user centric and the, the people will be more hybrid you know and and i will and it's also like if, if i look at 
of me, I will decide in which way I want to choose my solution. I want to talk with you. I want to go online. I want to do that. I want to tap instant with my phone, with my glasses, with my watch. It's more this, this whole integrated thing. But of course, you have to think about this whole classical and, and climate change combination. What could be the next thing? But it will be solution and it will go on because sometimes it's also good if the things are changing. So you have to pivot. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a uh, it's going to be a rapidly changing market either way, right? I mean, uh, auto auto appears to be really under undergoing uh, rapid uh, more rapid change than homeowners insurance or renters or other 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 policies. Rob, final question. Yeah, that is right. I'm just curious to extend on James's question. What do you think the future of InsurTech is going to be? I know you. Um, recently sat down with Nicholas Costco or Nicholas Sir of, of Costco. We also recorded a podcast with Denise Garth at Majesco as well on the future of insurance. So I know you support the insurtechs and, and startups and you know look to incorporate them in their offerings at OCC. I've talked to some founders that said that business has never been better and others are really struggling and some that have even closed up shop. So just kind of curious what your thoughts are on InsurTech going forward. Quite in, in a personal way, I'm happy that this whole InsurTech industry is is it, it, it was raising and and, and 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 brings a change in the whole industry. I think that's that's quite that's quite the right way because the customer focus is now on and and uh, the companies have to rethink a lot of things but i think it, it it always needs both way you have to have the old companies the old in the old insurance industry with all the the the, the knowing of, of of knowledge and 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 and, and the, the agile and intertech and together it will be formed the future it's not that that's what i believe but but I, I love if, if people are, are trying something new and, and they still believe that at some point insurance will be sexy and, and it's, it's like easy for everyone in a digital way and tak, tak, tak. So, so, and, 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 and so I'm excited about that. And so I'm also supporting the whole insurtech industry because I'm, I was, uh, I'm also a part of that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's neat. Rob, any, any final comments before we jump into a couple, couple quick news articles? Yeah, no, just so great to have you on, Israel. I really appreciate your time and your perspective, and it's very, very inspiring. I, I'm embarrassed to be the oldest person on this uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm 45, but it is wonderful. Just, you know, I think we all have a, a passion about what's what's ahead in the future. So, yeah, so yeah, quickly, let's, you already kind of touched on, I think, the big news item of the week, James, which is the, the Allstate layoffs. I guess my question to you is, is that the first of, of many announcements that we're going to see from some of the big auto uh, and motor insurers? Yeah, th- this feels, gosh, it feels a little premature. It feels a little bit like a snap reaction. You know, there there were auto credits going out because people weren't driving, right? I mean, that's, so you, you enter this phase where people just stopped driving, and I, I think they probably stopped paying their, their premiums. <laughs> I think that's my – I just don't feel like the carriers just reacted instantly. Oh, people aren't driving. We'll just, I, I think that there started to be some pressure on payments and delay, delayed payments and deferred. And so they started rolling out these 25%, 20-25% credits that they were issuing out to their members in, in the way of premium credits. And it, it kind of set off a price war when you when you saw – one carrier did it, then another carrier did it, then another carrier did it. 
But the reality is that when you look at, and, I, and this was a fascinating article, Rob, from a couple of uh, three or four days ago, severity has actually increased. The, the, the size of the claims is larger. People are being more reckless right now. Now, whether it's because they're saying I'm going to die anyway from coronavirus, so I'm going to drive like a, a, a fool or, you know, they're, they're or and you got to combo this with the fact that police are, are really under the under the under scrutiny right now. Maybe there's a, a, a bit of a sense of lawlessness. And, and I've look, I've noticed this when I'm driving around that people are they're speeding a lot more right now. I mean, they're going a lot faster. There were less cars on the road. And so the the accidents when I'm when I'm looking at their their total and you know their total incurred per accident, it's higher. I mean, it's a higher severity accident, higher total incurred. So the the unfortunate reality is if they're given a 25% credit, severity's going up. You know, their the the number of claims might be lower, but their total occur their total incurred across all claims is, is either the same or higher. Something's gotta give. They're in deep trouble if they're engaging in this crazy price war on on premium. So, you know, there, that's a lot of speculation because they made these moves really fast before we could collect a lot of data on what was really going on with severity and occurrences and, you know, all the stuff that we like to look at. And so that that was a, a bit of a surprising move. So it's obviously ignited a price war. There's obviously a race to the bottom, which is which is kind of strange because the rest of the insurance market has gotten super hard. So like commercial PNC has gotten super duper hard. Premiums are going up. Aviation is up twenty to thirty percent right now. I mean, I, I only know because I'm in the middle of renewal. I mean, so aviation's super hard. PNC is super hard, and then like the auto industry turned into Jello. You know, like cra- crazy, Rob. I mean, what do you think's driving this? So I think I think some of the short term things that you mentioned are, are true. I think yeah, less traffic is causing people to speed more, right? The roads are clearer than they've ever been, right? And so they have actually been saying this for a while, and even at my time at USA, that the auto insurance market was very stagnant, you know, growing at one to two percent a year. And most of the costs, you know, when you're talking about like a 30, 25, 30% expense ratio, most of the costs are fixed. You know, they're in IT systems, they're in your employees. So the marginal cost of adding one more car is not that great. You know, you don't need 30% expenses, right, for to add one more car to your, your book. So if that 1% to 2% growth turns to 1% to 2% negative growth, and particularly if you have, say, mid-single digits negative growth, all of a sudden, trimming expenses is going to be the utmost important. So I, I do wonder if this will last beyond the pandemic and beyond some of these short-term trends. It's something when I was at USA, I know I was advocating that, hey, you know, we need to be looking at other lines of business like motorcycle insurance, right? People aren't going to automate their motorcycle. They're not going to get an Uber for motorcycles, right? Boats, aviation, flood insurance, like other product lines to help offset, you know, the, the shrinking revenue. I think at the time I was at USA, you know, 60% of the insurance revenue was from auto, 40% was property. And so how are you going to replace, you know, if that 60% goes down to 30% of your revenue? So Desiree, I'm curious, so things are opening up more in, in Europe than they are here in the States. It's it's very uh, kind of patchwork here, but I know you'll be able to start traveling across uh, country borders here in the next week or so. How have you seen, you know, kind of motor insurance trends and more people back on the roads? Are things kind of recovering or do you think, you know, the, the industry is fundamentally changed. Things is uh, are going well, quite well, and, and, and uh, there are much, much more people back on the road again with with the cars. So it's like it was uh, at the beginning of the lockdown, so we were like alone on the streets, and uh, that that's over. So we are like in a normal situation, and and also we don't felt like 
the business is going down and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, there was in, in the beginning, there was like two weeks shock and, and everything went so cool. What, what happened? But then everything is, is was, was, was quite going well and, and we are like really going up. So it's, yeah, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's, I think the industry, the people, everyone is like in this mood, what happened next and how is also the ec economics, how everything is rebuilding. And I think, The, the, the impact right now is not that big because it's a new situation and now it's, it's rebuilt a little bit, but the, the impact long term, that will be. And the only thing that we, that we, that we have also at OCC, so the, the, the claims for thief, so cars that disappear are increased. Really? And for, yes. And that's for me also like a signal, okay, hmm. There are some uh, some people that need some money. Yeah, I, I was wondering when we were going to start seeing larceny cases. You know, I, I was wondering when Grand Theft Auto and all this was going to start upticking because, you know, at some point you got to wonder when home break-ins are going to start increasing and, and auto theft. Of course, auto theft is a, a good bit easier than a home break-in. Um, and, and also like, do you have a lot of cars? They are like down in the garage and, and stuff like that. And they are... And and that's uh, so that's something that we really have to to watch out and 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 and, and read out the situation. Sure, yeah, we've seen an, an uptick in cases of just quick smash and grabs. You know, that's what we call them, smash and grab, where you you know break the window, take the stuff out. And certainly, people, a lot of people leave their cars unlocked in their driveways, and people are just walking up and opening the door and taking stuff out of the vehicles. And and so I'm a I'm an adamant militant garage parker. So. All vehicles will be in the garage with the doors closed every night. Always have been. The garage is used for cars, not for storage. And yeah. and but that that's not the typical U.S. American. I don't know if it's a typical a German attitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you know, protect the asset. The the you know, really, the sunlight does more to damage machines than anything else. You know, then of course, wind, rain, ice, hail. They they're all terrible. We had some big hail storms. We had a bunch of auto claims for hail. Two weeks ago, I'm sure that hail is a nightmare yeah. for you because of the the yes. frequency of the. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's really important that you're down in a carport, down in the garage, that you have like locked space yeah. because that. And also, a lot of pe a lot of people they are like they are um, jealous on cars like that. They go take a, a, a take a key and make the make. Yeah. So that's also yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of that for sure and uh it's it, it can be really tough so that was the that was the big news out there of course we talked uh last week about the lemonade ipo which is going to be making its way through there will be a pretty steady stream of news around this just to see how the market reacts the stock market is uh, either in free fall or on a rocket ship depending on the day we're talking about eight eight hundred to thousand point swings on a daily basis today Uh, retail sales were up in the United States and there's a new steroid treatment being pioneered in the UK that evidently has a big impact on, on severe coronavirus cases. I want to remind everybody just to look at the data on coronavirus, 19 out of 20 people that get coronavirus never even go to the, the hospital. They just recover at home by themselves. It's a pretty substantial number. And then of the people who actually do go to the hospital, they're only a very small percentage end up in the ICU. And what they're doing is they're, they're treating the cases that get really severe. And so you, you still have remvesidir, which is that uh, experimental treatment that's been uh, expanding its trials. It's proven to be pretty effective. 
there's a new antibody treatment coming out, and there's also a this this very commonly widely available steroid treatment, the UK, that proved pretty effective at reducing by a third severe cases. So that's having a big impact on markets. Of course, that impacts insurance because it impacts the insurance carrier's investment returns. I I I I only can imagine what a insurance carrier's and chief investment officer is having to deal with on a daily basis, seeing seeing assets swing this much. I myself am completely out of the market. I, I, I exited before all this stuff collapsed and am staying out. I am, I, there's, there's no way, shape or form I am equipped to deal with thousand, thousand point swings in the market. So your home cheese here is, is staying out of the game. So Desiree, thank you so much for a really great discussion about a line of business that we don't think about a lot, but is really important. And you know, all insurance lines are important, and I don't think insurance is boring. I think I think it's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty awesome every time I get in my plane because if I didn't have insurance, I wouldn't be able to fly. It's not it's not a it's not a federal requirement. I simply would not put myself at that much risk if I didn't have one someone sharing the sharing the burden with me, uh, and I pay a premium for that privilege. And so I think insurance is pretty awesome because it allows us to buy classic cars and share the risk. It allows us to go buy a plane and 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 fly even if it's a really old one like I have. It allows us to do these things. And so life insurance is 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 awesome and your company is enabling a really important part of the market. So thanks for leading the company and and everything that you're doing in insurance and and as a mother of twins, I always wanted twins. I have two girls, but I always wanted twin girls. And so congratulations on getting the, the the opportunity, I know that sounds crazy, but I thought it would be fun to have twins in a it is. yeah in a scary kind of way, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the invitation. It was, um, happy, I was happy to be here, and this was nice. Awesome, and Rob, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, as always, to co-host, I really appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, great episode. Thanks, James. Thanks, yeah. Desiree. Great to meet you. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. So, so with with that. We, we, we connect uh, in reality. Yes. yes. In person. Yeah. At yeah. some point somewhere in the world. Yeah. We'll do a live video show where we can, uh, we'll all wear these, these uh, sportscaster headphones and then we'll talk on the mics and we'll hang out at, at InsureTech Connect or at Dig In or at something fun somewhere other than the house. We're going to go there and then we're going to have a drink without worrying about a virus. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait for that moment. Uh, it'll be fun. So thank you again for joining us today for this episode of the InsureTech Geek podcast uh, powered by JB Knowledge. It's all about technology. It's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham. This has been my co-host, Rob Galbraith, InsureTech.com. A big thanks to Jim Greenlee, a podcast producer, and Karen Dalton, our creative producer. And thank you for joining us today. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride. Keep geeking out. Talk to you next time.